This interview was brought to you by the Center for Leadership in Athletics at the University of Washington, an academic and research center within the College of Education. At the center, we believe in the power of sport to positively shape people and communities and are committed to developing effective leaders and leadership practices that maximize the positive educational impact of athletics. The center offers coach development opportunities for all levels of sport coaches, including a graduate degree program, the Excel Sports Coaching Certificate, and customized organizational trainings, all derived from the center's research, including the Ambitious Coaching Project. To learn more, visit uwcla.uw.edu. Welcome listeners. I'm Marcia Daniel with the University of Washington Center for Leadership and Athletics, and we are here from our home offices during social distancing to bring you an interview with Dr. Julia Mafus, who is Assistant Professor of Educational Leadership at the University of Idaho. She is a former high school teacher and principal, and her research focuses include school improvement, school climates, mindfulness, and social-emotional learning. Welcome, Julia. It's good to have you here. Thank you for making time for this conversation. Thank you, Marcia. As a scholar of social-emotional learning, what concerned you most as COVID-19 hit our communities? One of the most concerning aspects of COVID-19 is that many have come to the realization that we are all in a vulnerable situation, but we don't know what to do with that vulnerability. Um, there is a lack of preparedness for such emergency situations. I mean, there was not much time to process what is happening, to assess the situation, and the overload of information on what needs to be done. Like, should we wear a mask? Should we not? Is it airborne? Is it not? How many times do we need to wash our hands? What types of unperishable foods we need to purchase? What products will disappear from the supermarkets that we need to, to make sure to buy? Uh, all community members had to adjust to a new reality and shift their lifestyles, uh, their routines, even the spaces they are comfortable in. And, and with it all, they are expected is to operate and move forward their lives very normally. In our classes, uh, we had to shift directly online. And with this shift, you come to, to think about that, who cares about our classes? Like who our students are in a position where they, this is not their priority. And in addition to that, students had to accommodate to staying at home. Parents are to take care of their families. Their work dynamics shifted drastically. Some lost their jobs. Teachers are expected to move everything online. Um, leaders are to communicate and ensure that the operations of their schools or even universities are transformed into online learning mediums. All of this, when we are not really prepared for it um, on a social, emotional, or even psychological level, uh, we are expected to have all what it takes to be resilient, flexible, aware of the situation, ready to make positive decisions while we have just experienced a collective trauma. Well, you recently wrote in a message to your students, uh, many of whom are teachers and leaders in education, that coronavirus isn't the only thing that's contagious. Can you speak to that a bit more? We have been receiving heaps of information. Some are inaccurate, some overwhelmingly full of negativity. The focus on the problems is quite enormous. And so the idea that I convey to my students is that not only the virus is contagious, but also anxiety and fear. My students are mostly K-12 school leaders who are teachers, assistant principals, uh, principals, coaches. And what they do, the actions they take, the decisions they make are all observed by the community, the parents and the students. They can alleviate that anxiety or intensify the fear through their behavior. 
Uh, we know that they are all emotionally exhausted and stressed. They have been uh, making tough decisions and sacrificing even their own well-being for the sake of their communities and students. Uh, they are emotionally drained and their feelings of fear and anxiety could be informing unintentionally their decisions or actions. And that is why uh, self-care is one of the most important aspects that adults need to attend to before taking care of others. Uh, just like during a flight, we are told that in case of emergency, we must put our oxygen masks on first and then assist others and, and, and especially kids. Teachers, leaders, parents need to make sure that they are doing well emotionally, physically, psychologically, even cognitively, that they are recharged, have the emotional strength, the social emotional competencies needed to be able to face such unprecedented situation. And they are overloaded with so many responsibilities that is suddenly bestowed on them. Their productivity is understandably low. Their emotional capacity is low. So we need to give them the time to pause, to breathe, to take it all in and practice self-care. They need to be aware of their own emotions and accept how they feel. Um, they need to uh, seek facts, but at the same time, not overwhelm themselves with information that may make them um, feel anxious. And this is quite important um, and an important message uh, for our leaders. Yeah, I was just reading something about compassion fatigue in a leadership mm -hmm. book. And I started thinking about all the teachers and coaches right now who have kicked it into high gear, trying to give back to their communities, you know, students and athletes who were also concerned about. And I thought, okay, well, we're in week three, four of this. Mm -hmm. We probably need to be looking out for compassion fatigue in week six, seven, wouldn't you think? Yeah. And even right now, I mean, coaches and leaders are experiencing um, secondhand trauma when it comes to and knowing about maybe certain family members dying. Uh, well, you, you've also highlighted equity concerns around the challenges that this pandemic is presenting us. What should we as leaders have on our radar with regard to equity and bias during this time when fear and anxiety are at such high levels? First, leaders in, in sports need to understand the biases and inequities that come along with school and university closure and, and just be aware of them. And there are plenty. The lived realities and the hardship that less privileged families face is a huge blind spot for the upper middle class public, especially in this situation where we even have a discrepancy of who gets tested and who doesn't. When students stay home uh, from school, they may not have access to free reduced lunches served by school every day, which would affect their nutrition. Students may not have the financial support. They could be expected to have uh, certain responsibilities at home that may not allow them to follow on uh, their own well-being. Um, they may not have the space to practice or exercise. Maybe they don't have the gear needed to practice. They may not have the emotional support they need. They may um, experience fears, tension, confusion, isolation, frustration, and they don't have access to assistance that may have uh, been provided by the school. Uh, they may not have the social network that would support them or allow them to express their emotions. They may not have access to Wi-Fi or computers that could help them be informed or get the information that is needed. Some student athletes may struggle due to being English language learners. They may, especially teens, be susceptible to mental illness and, or depression that could go unnoticed if their social-emotional needs go uh, unaddressed, especially if the families are not even aware of that. Simply the need for stability, consistency, or the routine may, may not be met. So some students have um, even special needs, like medical needs, I mean, the list goes on and on. The inequity lies 
when, when others have all the opportunities and we are not aware of it. In many parts, people and students are really scared, struggling, and members of families are either in quarantine or dying. So uh, that's a huge, I mean, we need to be aware of that. And be flexible. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, our listeners are leading student-athletes They're ex- who are experiencing a significant sense of loss. Um, school, sports seasons have been canceled, mm-hmm. so many are feeling loss of connection with their teammates and coaches. Mm-hmm. And this is likely most so with high school and college-age athletes, a loss of purpose and identity. How can we help student-athletes cope with these feelings of loss? Stemming from these ideas of inequities and, and all those unpleasant feelings that you mentioned that the student athletes uh, are experiencing, uh, coaches could play a really crucial, important role in, in giving the student athletes uh, a space to share their feelings, experiences, and thus make it a, a learning opportunity. First, coaches could support student athletes by uh, being the social connection that is needed so they don't feel isolated or lonely. Um, They can convey by various communication that they are there to support their student athletes and the capacity they believe they are able to offer. Um, This could be a great teaching experience. Um, Coaches could help cultivate these social emotional competencies that student athletes need when faced with uh, any difficult times that they may face in the near future, even by helping them deal with this situation at hand. Um, This is a time of acute anxiety and uncertainty. There are feelings of helplessness. Uh, Student athletes are not able to practice. They may feel that their dreams have been shattered. But this is a collective anxiety that uh, we all could identify with. So student athletes may go through similar experiences when injured or not able to play for a season or their whole lives and undergo similar feelings of loss. So this would be a really good opportunity to help them develop these social emotional skills and be able to face potential future setbacks or future times. So if we are to follow CASEL's social emotional learning framework, coaches could work on five core skills, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationships, and uh, responsible decision-making. So coaches could do that on a daily basis with their student athletes when they are in the field or in the court playing. But here, I guess it is intensified and thus the skills are important to be reinforced, even if it's just via, I don't know, texting, uh, a Zoom call, um, just calling and to check on them. So coaches could simply show their student athletes that um, they are adults they can rely on, be supported, understood, and they can be um, the safe place they refer to if needed. Uh, so when I talk about self-awareness, I mean that coaches could could help their students, athletes uh, identify their emotions and reassure them that these feelings of anger, frustration, fears are all natural responses, that it is okay to have these feelings. Um, they could then work on boosting their self-confidence and, and helping them manage their feelings and emotions. Like they can help them understand that while these difficult times are inevitable, they can control how they can think and feel about it. Then we could come to uh, the self-management skills. Again, these are all skills that could be practiced on a daily basis uh, when we are in a normal way of being, right? But here they could also help them even uh, via email or different kinds of communication. Coaches could have informal discussions with uh, examples of how we could recognize um, their feelings, understand them, and then act not based on their impulses, giving them different examples from students' experiences. I mean, such the like 
you know, the, the toilet paper hoarding that was due to lack of impulse control, uh, which led to another crisis, which is the shortest of supplies for all. So this, this could be a good discussion to see, to help them understand how um, the school closing affected their academic performance, their graduation, their GPA. But that doesn't mean that they have to be um, impulsive and act out of, out of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe offer them some ways to set short-term goals, like uh, maybe track their studies or how to be productive. Um, they could offer relaxation strategies, mindfulness practices, uh, other exercises that they could do at home without equipment within the limited space maybe they have at home. Um, they could help them with the organizational skills, building a routine for activities at home. And, and another aspect of uh, or, or set of skills that are important are social awareness. Coaches could help students, athletes, um, understand how universal their feelings are, understand that they are not the only ones drastically affected by this epidemic, and even discuss how maybe different countries, cultures, societies, communities are dealing differently with the same situation, highlighting how we are all more alike than we are different. Coaches need to be aware that their student athletes are experiencing various feelings of loss and offering them the understanding, the support, and uh, and help to be able to manage their grief and frustrations through emotion regulation, self-management, as I said, and understanding that they are not alone in this, that the whole world is aching. Mm-hmm. Uh, all sports events are on freeze, right? Help them plan their days to bring back that motivation and, and, and purpose and, and assuring them that they will retrieve all that they've lost uh, would be extremely important. Yeah. Can you review those, the Castle's five core social emotional skills one more time? Self-awareness and... Self-awareness, uh, social awareness, self-management, uh, relationships, and uh, responsible decision-making. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. And I, I spoke with a coach this week who has actually carved out an entire day. She's meeting with a team virtually. I recognize not every coach and not every student athlete has the opportunity to meet virtually. Mm-hmm. And this this is a a team who fortunately they do have the resources to do that. And the coach was mentioning that she, every Friday they spent time talking about how they were feeling and um, offering opportunities to, I think she called it vent and validate and, you know, giving, yeah. giving also some shout outs to people who are handling things really well. And in those opportunities, when the athletes were kind of developing those social emotional skills, they were, the coaches were making sure to recognize that and give them shout outs. That's amazing. I mean, they need the self-confidence um, at this time and, and they need to feel that they are also self-efficient too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, these last few weeks, we've all been figuring out how to deal with abrupt life changes. And I anticipate we're going to have different challenges as we progress through the coming months and pandemic fatigue starts to set in. Mm-hmm. What do you anticipate will be the most significant challenges our student athletes face and coaches too like in, in the in months two and beyond of social isolation? Yeah, I think this would be very challenging times for leaders, educators, coaches, and, and student athletes, and even parents. Um, with social isolation, we all need to find ways to keep connected. As others have mentioned on social media, life before COVID-19 will be different from life after it. So leaders, educators need to anchor themselves in what is familiar to them and then move forward to see how we can reimagine the world after COVID-19. I think leaders are still dealing with this collective trauma and and it will take some time before we are able to think of it without being emotionally engaged in it. 
Um, it has affected us in different ways. It has altered our lives, our students' lives, and we have and will be losing more people. And we need to understand that this might be the case even within the, the coming month. Leaders and educators will need to go through the collective grief and then start accepting the new changes. As, um, as John Kabat-Zinn says, pain is inevitable, but suffering is an option. And these difficult times have also highlighted what the gaps in our education are. It has made the discrepancy issues very clear. Uh, leaders and educators cannot now disregard these issues. We all need to take responsibility for everybody. It has brought new understandings, like a wakefulness about ourselves, the humanity, um, who we are um, as, as collective beings. And now all hands need to be on deck. Like It is time to reassess our priorities and think of how we define education in the light of this crisis, um, to understand how to develop new ways of learning and how to be ready to, uh, for upcoming, upcoming, I guess, crises in the, in the coming future. And I think for student athletes, the, the challenge is to bring back normalcy and, and familiarity to this absurd situation. Another challenge is to help them develop another set of routines and consistency that would help them accept the situation at hand. To readjust again and be back to normal would take some time. The, the challenge could be for them to understand how the world has changed, not only on a personal scale, but also in the world of sports as a whole. All games around the world have been canceled. Uh, mm -hmm. They would be grieving too. The identities they, may, uh, they want to be, the opportunity they, they've missed, but they have this opportunity to practice the skills of, of patience, kindness, understand the universality of their suffering. Um, it will be a time for deep reflection and, and wakefulness, a time to deeply think how the body and mind are interconnected and how each could inform the other, our feelings of loss. Pain could be transformed into pains in the body and vice versa. And how these feelings are interconnected all across throughout humanity. It will be time of simple awareness and learning to allow things to be what they are more than anything else. Mm -hmm. I really like what you're saying about the connection of mind and body and mind and body wellness, because we, mm -hmm. in the science community, I find that it's not uncommon for the two to be separated. And I, I don't understand that. I mean, if we are physically well, it's going to facilitate mental wellness and, and vice versa. And so I really like what you're saying about seeing the connections between the two. Mm -hmm. And I also, I hear you, this theme of common humanity and helping mm -hmm. student athletes understand how connected we are with our teammates, with our coaches, with our community, our local towns, with our school, and then with the world. In everything that we do, uh, we, we are now, as I said, like moving forward, we could see that this interconnectedness is extremely important and crucial in everything that we do. We can no longer just think about how, what students are facing and the challenges they're facing in regards to grades and academic performance, right? It's all now it has become more about how we cultivate their social emotional competencies, how the stronger our competencies and skills are, the smoother and healthier we deal with these challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and this difficult situation has also highlighted the importance of, of social emotional learning. Even day to day, it made us understand that we are not really prepared, even when it comes to the day to day challenges that we have, that we really need to focus on understanding this connectedness that we have. Uh, I mean, if you think about global warming, if we think, I don't want to digress uh, with uh, different issues here, but uh, everything is connected and we need to, now this is the time for us to 
uh, not only focus on SEL, but also to make responsible decisions, uh, be self and social aware, understand the importance of building these positive relationships, understand individuality along with this whole collective being. This is an opportunity for us to utilize the social emotional learning to understand what we have been doing and how we could change. What does productivity, for example, mean in these times? What do we expect of our students to accomplish and do during times of chaos? How do we be flexible? How do we help our student athletes, for example, understand the impermanence of their bodies in this world? especially when they are at the peak of their bodily strength, mm-hmm. uh, that they could fall at any time, they could be injured at any time. How do they deal with this pain? Um, how do we bring understanding of humanity beyond ourselves? How do we carry emotional and physical pain? How do we cultivate empathy, kindness, understanding of others? I think this is surely an opportunity uh, to reflect and utilize all these social emotional learning skills to understand mm-hmm. the moment we are in mm-hmm. and lessen its awareness and then construct new meaning to our uh, way of being. Yeah. Well, you know, our coaches and teachers, they're we're givers, we're doers. And I know that our coaches are really going to appreciate um, this opportunity to see, well, the opportunity for learning and growth that is in this challenge. And it's an opportunity that wouldn't have been present in our, in the same degree, the same capacity in our normal everyday goings on. So thank you for sharing these opportunities for social emotional learning and giving us some specific skills and specific focuses to, to be thinking about and discussing with our student athletes in the coming weeks and months. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for hosting me. And Dr. Mafuz, you, um, you're on Twitter at Julia Mafuz, and that's M-A-H-F-O-U-Z. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any, any other place we can follow your work? Um, I guess on Google Scholar. If you just write my name, you would see um, my publications on social emotional learning that has been implemented as in um, social emotional learning based or mindfulness based interventions and programs for students and their effects on their their well-being and performance. And I'm talking about at the collegiate level with the college students and students as high school students and middle school students. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. I know there's a lot going on and uh, but you carved out time to have this conversation with us and we, we really appreciate your time um, and your expertise on social emotional learning. Of course. Thank you so much.